1: Welcome to the market report. What follows are my thoughts or gut instincts on what the market is going to do. It is not an instruction to trade. Any decision to trade is yours. Market report for week commencing 23rd of August 2021. This week's chat is Ben, me and Webby having a bit of a sort of downbeat, miserable, grungy, grimy conversation about where we're at. It keeps raining up here in Norfolk and we're not very happy about it. So because we're talking about the market and the ins and outs of what's going on locally and in the marketplace, that kind of covers the bulk of my talk about prices. So it will be a succinct and very short price structure this morning. Aussie rate 460 It's over, isn't it? There is the odd field with rape still in it out in this county. Goodness knows how much of it's left when we actually get to it. So 460, the price is going up. Feed barley is now probably if some of the guys are short, you could sell it for 160x. We have no boat or nothing pressing us. We're not committed to any sales that are in our face. So 160x is a spot value for that. And we see that remaining a firm market. It's still a hefty discount to feed wheat. Malting barley is really hot as a market. As we discuss in the market chat, there's an issue with a lot of the crops still out in the field. Up to now, we're confident what we've taken in is good. We're probably 50% of the way through it. But some of what's going to come is going to fail on germ and some is going to fail on just being ugly. Some of the specs are good in the machine, but there's some meaningfully bad-looking samples. There is Fusarium, there is Don and Zon potential problems up to now that haven't been crossed or compromised. But looking ahead, if the weather keeps dragging on, that is only going to get worse. So malt Barley prices for good, perfect spring barley post-October is in the 200s if you've got the right stuff. Spot movement, if you think that anyone taking it into store has got to pay storage on it and got to pay haulage into the store, it works out at about 185 delivered. And that's for immediate movement and that's kind of where we've been at all the way through. There isn't much immediate movement that you can truly rely upon in this industry at the moment, either due to lorries or due to stores shutting at 2 in the afternoon. One of our competitors has written a letter of apology about not picking stuff up quickly. Yes, there is a haulage issue. We, at the moment, touch wood, are not suffering from it. But I think the golden ticket for that one is don't have grain too far away from where you want to deliver it to. It's about a lorry being accessible, being offloaded at a reasonable home and getting away to do the next job. And then being able to perhaps be free to go to some stores that are open till late in the evening before they load up the next load for tomorrow morning. So our hauliers are getting four or five loads in versus two or whatever as the consumers haven't quite grasped that if they don't look after those hauliers the prices of their grain's going to go up because they're simply messing people around for their own selfish ends. So any consumers can be offended at that if you like but seriously you need to look at turnaround times for lorries to help everyone in this industry. Moving on, feed wheat at this precise second the price of November feed wheat's 186. The futures have zoomed up this morning. They zoomed down yesterday. The day before that, they zoomed up. The day before that, they zoomed down. So it's, you know, pick a moment. If you need to move something, because it's wet, harvest values are going to become a bit more of a discount. I would say delivered into one of our stores for harvest movement is futures price less nine. So that would make it delivered into one of our stores at this second in time would be 18450 for immediate movement. That's delivered in. So, that is an outstandingly brilliant price, if you don't mind me saying. Obviously, if you're greedy, you might think that isn't, but it is, especially bearing in mind, yields are okay on the heavy, good strong lands, slightly better on the light lands, nothing to write home about. The sunlight didn't give us a good kilo weight, and that's where the missing tonnage is. Okay, with that, I wish you sunshine. I hope that it really does give us the opportunity this week to get on and get the bulk of what's left the back of it broken and get the damn stuff in. So, yep, sunshine for you, sunshine me and we'll all be happy. Thank you for listening. Please remember that any decision to trade on this opinion is yours.
0: The Dewing Grain app will keep you updated with real-time industry news, data analysis and insights into the market, giving you all the information you need to make informed trading decisions. A commodity selling feature enables you to source prices and receive direct offer notifications informing you on what Dewing Grain are looking to buy and at what price. Search Dewing Grain on the App Store or Google Play to download and with all of these features in your pocket, you'll have more time to sit back and listen to our podcast. To set up a trading account with us, call 01263 731 550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. And now it's time for Farm Chat.
1: We're going to have another in-house today because it's the middle of harvest and let's be frank, there's so much stuff to talk about continuously that, uh, you know, having a guest on is great. But I think, yeah, this is such a sort of annoying harvest that there's lots of things to cover. At this moment, it's just me and Webby in the room. So morning, Ian. Morning. And Ben might be coming in if he can get off the phone possibly for his wise words. He's just pretending to be really busy for a minute or two and then he's going to join us. So that's one nil. One to nil you. Nil. <laughs> Could be a heavy victory if he doesn't. <laughs> turn up all right I can, what should we start with malting barley i'd want to start with malting barley yeah i'm worried
2: yeah i know it's probably scratching at a sore already isn't it it's what everyone can see in the field it's everyone's fears becoming a reality isn't it or is it reality i'm not sure yet but well, there's a lot of balls
1: in the air at the moment we've obviously winter barley done and we're glad we've hossed into that everything that's cut up to now on the spring barley We've gone crazy to get into store, haven't we? Just yeah, to, so we know that that's sound, we're confident with that. But even in some of that, there's been the later ones, there's some visible pink grains, yeah. And so we've been doing Don and Zon tests on it. Mm. The tolerance on Don is 1250, yeah. And the highest reading we've got so far on what's been cut up to now is, is 400, yeah. yeah. And on the Zon, it was 26, and the tolerance is 100. So at the moment, we're confident it's in, but it's not that pretty no they don't look great i mean we saw this
2: bit last year but i haven't seen any signs of any splits yet on any of the grains skinning uh this is the uh, political you know we hate the skinning thing but it is definitely relevant i spoke to a grower yes sir who looked at the back of his combine and thought blimey he's chucking loads out and it turned out to be
1: the jackets just on the floor this is the crop that we're going to be using it's a crop that's in short supply throughout the world and the level of i'm not going to take that because it's two percent skinned is kind of definitely not the case Mm. we've got stuff going through our plant that the stuff that's coming into the dust cart is equally skins so it's not getting any prettier going via a second-hand intake Mm. point so the combine does a bit of a job on it and our store and conveyors and elevators and you know if we put it through the dry for some of the dried and dressed stuff is also taking some out so it's not great. I'm confident it's okay up to now but I must admit I'm a bit nervous on that one as well. It is a real worry that if we are seeing what we're seeing
2: where is the barley going to be
1: well i think north norfolk's had a bit of for a change a bit of misfortune on the weather one of my guys in essex yesterday was combining his spring barley at 14 percent moisture and got the whole okay. lot in the barn cool. so you know it was local mm. so we weren't going and with what's just happened weather wise with continuous showers, stroke rain every day to stop mm. everybody and the forecast for this weekend sunday looks just awful yeah. now depending on which weather forecast you look at next week looks favorable but by the time when we get to Monday. I think there's some damage going to be done. I'm afraid. So when you listen to this podcast and you're going out into spring barley, your voice of misery is telling you that it might not be up to spec. Yeah. There is always the moment of reality, isn't there? You know, either it is or it isn't molting. And just because the messenger tells you that the germination's gone doesn't make them a bad person.
2: Mm. I think there's also, again, it's easy for us to say this sitting here in the office, but been hearing there's a few people going after winter wheat or going after wheat before spring barleys, which to me, I mean, OK, maybe milling, but... Yeah, spring barley, with the premiums where they are, protect quality.
1: Yes, yeah, so, some, some of them are fitter later, I know. S- but. Some of them aren't fit. I spoke to someone yesterday who said spring barley is two weeks away. I can believe that, you know, mm. the way the weather has gone. And possibly, you know, the Broadland area traditionally somehow manages to not have the extremes of heat and somehow holds on. So I'm very hopeful that lots of the barley from out there... I mean, there's a very big spring barley crop planted because of last year's autumn. And there's an awfully large amount of it still in the field, isn't there? So we're hoping that we can find some life in amongst most of that. There's someone tried a bit yesterday before it rained again, and without any doubt, what they just brought in, albeit off the headland, albeit off a bit of lay ground or whatever, was not malting barley. It was gone. Yeah. So yeah, on the basis of one sample, I'm feeling right grump, but... Prices, you know, remain very firm, don't they? Especially if you can hang on to stuff. If you can keep it in your barn, there's some very good forward prices. Ah, right, Ben's with us. Morning, Ben. Afternoon. Hello. Hello, Ian. Right, that's two. <laughs> a little slight on timing there from Ian. Two, he's got two in already, Ben, so sharpen up. Really? Yeah. Go okay, so where do we get to? Come we're on, on Malting Barley and I'm being grumpy about it. Why? Fusarium germination yeah. and what happens next. Yeah. Can you cheer us up?
3: Uh, let me have a think no i can't
1: <laughs> i can feed barley prices are good yeah yeah
3: and there is demand out there so
1: yeah so it's not all bad so selling feed barley for higher than last year's malting barley prices it not all bad
3: pretty spectacular yeah no that is good
1: but spring barley prices november onwards for the right spec 200 plus
3: do we mention the skinning word or not we've done that uh, okay yeah, yeah. sorry
1: yeah that's no, right well anyway so everybody knows it's there i think beggars and choosers i don't know what the rest of the country's like yet we haven't got into the crop in the north so maybe the jocks and the borders and the you know the yorkshire stuff is going to be good we might be yeah a little
2: bit parochial in that as you say there was a, a rumor yesterday through a colleague that the yorkshire crop was mostly knocked down sorry spring barleys and wheats which harvested. yeah sorry not flat but yeah as in finished which blimey yeah wheat's certainly yeah, miles away from that might be a, a Chinese rumour. Might be a Chinese whisper, sorry. we <laughs> will
1: right, call that a Freudian slip, shall we? Right, OK, so moving on from the positivity of multi barley price and the positivity of feed barley price and the probability of the market remaining firm on both those counts, the next conversation is going to be about what do you want to talk about this time?
2: No, we've got to talk about wheat. So it's not doom and gloom. Yeah, I know they're cutting a wet crop and, OK, maybe you might be losing some weight on kilo weight. Yields will be... Okay, there's some miseries in some of the yields, but yields are all right, aren't they? Yields are all right. Is that a positive set of statements? <laughs> yeah,
1: really good, saying, oh, this could be really good, and then he goes... Mm, and then oh, hang on a minute. Goes, oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> I think yields will be average. I think the interesting thing will be these milling wheats, these Group 3, Group 4s, have you got a Hagberg, is the bushel weight there, things like that. So some of these premiums could really come into play in the next few months at the minute the millers are sitting back you know they've got enough supply but you know as we start to see more specs come in i think these premiums could start to change and look better for some of the weeks premiums are going to go up yeah
1: i mean up to this point hagbergs have been good haven't they
2: if you're a miller and so this might get loads of flack from the millers here now our listeners but surely they'd been steaming in buying the premium now wouldn't they That's
1: a good question.
3: Well, I think they got reasonable cover on early. I've got to be careful what I say now about Millers. And I think they're just sort of sitting back and, you know, they're waiting to see how the crop looks. Up to this point, the Hagbergs of the stuff with the good kilowatt and the many wheats
1: that we've taken in have had good Hagbergs. We're happy yeah, yeah. that the rye's had good Hagbergs. So everything's held up to this point, which is a great sign for the germination on barley. Everything up to the 20th of August, I am confident with. And it isn't that hot and it isn't that much sunshine coming through the cloud. So it could well hold on. But I do think the wheat is fit now. Yeah, and therefore it needs to come, but you can't cut it when it's 26% moisture, can you?
3: No, and the other massive change in the market dynamic, and we've said it before... But this season, the Germans and the French don't have as much quality wheat Mm. and freight rates are very, very high to ship it.
1: Which leads on to there was a very well publicised bit of news about export out of the UK. There were some boats done to northern Spain. Now, whether the companies who did it were quite happy to let that information flow out there freely just to kind of nudge everyone and say, look, the market's going to go up because we're exporting wheat. But the UK has achieved some cargo sales of UK wheat to Spain. Yeah. Which is a positive, very positive statement on price potential, isn't it? Yeah.
3: No, that definitely starts things going.
1: Yeah, if we keep the Hagbergs.
3: The wheat that went to Spain, wasn't it? Was it feed wheat then? No.
1: I would doubt it is sold as feed wheat. It might be, but I doubt it. Okay. Because we're competing with much cheaper Danish feed wheat. Yeah. And Swedish and whatever else. Well, it Looks like the Bulgarians will be on the pitch this year, which is a bit weird. What, well, they've got double the size of the crop or
3: something? 50% increase in their crop?
1: Yeah, but I think, I mean, I sound like I know every country's production now, but you told me this before we went on air. It's now 7 million tonnes as opposed to 4, whatever it
2: is. That's just made me think, actually. We've oh, had blimey. your French
1: impressions, which we love. We had a German one last week, which we love. What about a Bulgarian one? I don't know how <laughs> I do that. No, uh, yeah, it's a really good, it's a Slovakian type language, isn't it? I would guess. Got to find know. another uh, nation to offend somewhere, haven't we? No, I don't know. <laughs> I think they like it. I think they like being recognised, you know. <laughs> I can't do Bulgarian. Okay? Right, so
3: we've done wheat. Have we done rapeseed?
1: Oh, well done, Ben. Um, oh, yes. So underlyingly, I want to talk a little bit more about wheat, because yesterday, the roller coaster that is the wheat market was £3.50 down, mm. and now today, as we sit and record this, is £3.50 up. It is, you know, like the proverbial yeah what's the phrase
3: horse <laughs> drawers. yeah that's
1: the one i was going to say but i'm super <laughs> light yeah up and down up and down you tell me what's going to happen next this is my instinct on it i think it's going to go when we get proper harvest it's going to be proper harvest with wet grain and there's going to be pressure in our little corner for moving the volume of that has to move it ain't going to happen until september that pressure but it is going to happen yeah once that's done if people are selling more than they want to, because you know, prices will be tolerable and good, there will be a real barn door shut moment. I think October could be quite tough to get wheat. And yeah, I think it's going to be quite hard. But to
2: slightly counter that though, Andrew, what about wet wheat that's going to be chucked in store inevitably at 16%, mm-hmm. 17%? People want to get away from the immediate harvest pressure because there'll be wheat cut wet and that, which mm-hmm. will be chucked in store. People won't want to sit on that
1: for very long. And, and there the, might be cheap wheat floating around in September, October. Yeah, September, but I don't think October October will be done and doors shut. But I think the most, well, one very clear thing is that the consumers are quite happy to take the odd load a bit damp and take an allowance on it, which is an absolute bargain. It's much cheaper than drying it. They put it straight through the mill, but they can't put everything into their stores damp and put it straight through the mill, which there may be a little bit of a shock for one or two people having their loads rejected as being too wet at a consumer. You know, oh, can you take it with an allowance? No, because everything else is wet. First load of the day maybe but everything else i think there's going to be a bit of a surprise for one or two people we had a guy who wanted some as available wheat offers and we said i was searching around it didn't fit our book at all and then we found a guy who had some sort of 15 and a half moisture i said right i've got you a load it's fifteen and a half moisture you know just have technical answer oh no i can't cope with a 15 what well if that's the case you know lots of farmers aren't geared for that and we have not got lots of export to absorb that wet wheat no so there's not enough places yeah. for wet. But wheat even to... could export absorb that with the lack of dry wheat as well
2: you know you can't be chucking 18 cents right. when there's not enough 14. No, cents,
1: historically you can get someone you know can dry a load and half the boat is dry and half the load is wet and it kind of makes the cost comes up with the allowances you take and then the farmer moans because you've taken allowance and we know you're not drying we're just shoving it on a boat and it's like oh, right, okay But the horrid old person with the dryer may well be the person that's the saviour in the long run. Regardless of the cost, they're going to have to take it somewhere where it gets dried and has weight loss. I, from a commercial perspective as being a storekeeper, I hope that's true. From the perspective of the farmer's income, I hope it's not true. But it's going to be quite a sticky
2: one, I think. I do wonder whether farmers will review their storage straight drying facilities this
1: year after this.
2: We've had five or six easy-ish Harvests. yeah and
1: we have had a couple of people already trying to have the conversation about Are you really going to draw it at 15.3 well, if we're really going to get rejected at 15.3, then yes, we really are going to try it. We can't store it at that. You know, invariably, the people who phone up are not the ones who've listened to the podcast because they know what's going to come their way. But I don't know. What is it? I know there's a load of traders listening to this who are sniggering, going, Yeah, get on, you dewey. Just keep telling them all these things and stir the farmers up. They all think you're bad. And there's a load of farmers out there saying, Oh, you know, I know what you're like. You're just going to be cross with me for having 15 odd percent. It is what it is. You've got to cut it when you've got to cut it. And if it's over 15, that's not a judgment on you. That's like being realistic about what what's happening next. So this is all about the recognition that if someone owns a dryer and you know that they own a dryer, you think, well, I might as well cut it because I'll take it in there and he'll dry it for me. You save the day. The alternative is sit there and wait and I've seen people wait historically mm-hmm. till October when it's growing in the year and it never gets to 15% and they still end up going through a dryer. There is a point at which the maths goes very badly against you if you keep it in the field. And if somebody's dumb enough to have built a dryer somewhere, you should go and kiss their backsides and tell them how marvellous they are. I'm pleased you charge me lots of money for drying it because I can cut my crop and get more money than if I leave it. Yeah, so you. pass that on to the non-believers who don't listen to this podcast and then I won't have any troublesome phone calls. <laughs> anyway. Well, that feels good. That one. That's a good one. I was my first rant. On, yeah, go. I was
3: going to say, yeah, get the rant in. <laughs> as well.
1: It's a bit pressury at the moment, isn't it? You know, stock position, we're a bit tight for space in yeah. places, and the planning is about to go out the window. If a load of the molten barley fails, it's really inconvenient. <laughs> it's like, oh man, I've got to shift that there and put that there, and then search around for barley that's been cut that wasn't planning to come into store and start fighting crazy prices at X Farm. This is not ideal for us.
3: Yeah, this isn't straightforward. Mm. And it is going to be challenging, and certainly I think this next week will be challenging yeah. on many fronts. That's a management word, isn't it? Interesting and challenging.
1: Yeah. Whereas right. more common people <laughs> use other phrases, don't they? But yeah. this is an interesting and challenging time. It's anyway, well, should we go on to the rape now? You're right, oh, a, yeah. gone rape. Here we on. go. Go on, guru. I'm a farmer with rape, mm. and I've got it in my shed. Should I sell it today for October, Ian? No. When should I sell it, yeah. Ian? I still think the long-term story is
2: quite a friendly one. I mean, we're still seeing crazy volatility and we pressed up to the highs. I think it was very, very close. If not, it didn't trade, but within a whistle of the delivered market down to here, the trade would have been about 500 quid sterling in the forward months.
1: I'm a farmer. I can work out what I want. What do I want, Ian? Uh, if I was a farmer, I'd want 500 quid. Well, funny enough, that's the figure I had, exactly. in mind, but I want 501, mind No, I, I really
2: think it's going to trade it, so it's not going to do it overnight. and it, we gotta wait. We've got to wait. We've got to wait, but we've got the uncertainty of a Canadian crop. There is a bigger world sun's crop out there, Russia and uh, Ukraine. But I think, that, I mean, there was slight uncertainty over the Russian crop, I think with some of the hot spell recently, which has eroded that. But no, all in all, I think it's friendly. Most of the harvest is pretty much... Well, harvest is finished. Most of it's moved in store and tidy and clean. It's just a
1: a wait and see, really. So which month do you think we'll get to 500 quid on? Mm,
2: I think it comes before the Aussie crop, sort of when that hits the market in December. I think that's our period.
1: So sell it before December. just But then
2: then last year, you know, we saw the tail end squeeze. There's no reason why it, although, sorry, actually, the Canadian crop's going to come, even though it's a tiny crop and not going to be available to the world, or half the expected tonnage will be available to the world. So when's that going to be? October time. I mean, the the real squeeze last year came in April, May, and that was
3: crazy. Okay. I don't want to throw a spanner in the works. Okay, spanner. But here we go. If the crude oil price keeps dropping, where does that place the oil market, as in the combinable crop oil market? Does it mean that you don't use as much in ethanol, people just rely on crude oil <laughs>
2: yeah we will i don't always think the correlation is a kind of a, a like for like with the energies the the actual straight you know brent and crude but yeah it will if crude tanks we will undoubtedly see it come lower i think that the biggest risk facing it is the pressure or the kind of food price inflation or commodity inflation pressures and the government changing their view or governments changing their view on bioethanol blends if the mandates are dropped all of a sudden the biofuel demands are significantly lower and again, yeah, reduction
3: in the consumption of oils. And actually, as we sit here now, the US government and maybe changing the mandates on but that's not silly talk because people are, as we've said before, people worry about food price inflation, don't they?
2: Yeah, it is. But it was one of the things that Biden came out with very early saying sustainability in, in the environment and we're going to push and increase the mandate to then take a backward step. You know, what do you take a couple of years of hardship versus the longer term environmental goals or food price inflation?
1: Well, this is getting heavy by our standards, isn't it? So, which leads on to the geopolitical situation with Afghanistan and the American and English and everybody shouting, run away. Mm. (laughs) Well, you know, hideous mess that that is. It was a bit sad
2: seeing some of the images and seeing people cramming on to hang on to the wing of planes and things like
1: that. I mean, you know, the world is in a very unstable place, isn't it? and we're heading towards COP26, there's been nowhere near any form of concessions to address the issues. The next IPCC report about climate is about food supply. Now, I'm not sure. It's sometime in the next year. When that comes out, I think I'd rather, just prior to the report, go long. I'd say mm. that. Didn't the Egyptians put up bread yesterday for the first time since
2: 1977? I don't know. Yeah, I, I read the comment yesterday and it was talking about the last time that happened it was Ben talked about food rights. I'm not saying he's the fountain of knowledge.
1: Well, but um I'm I'm more interested in what time you have this time of year to read articles about Egyptian bread prices, Webby. I'd like well,
2: No, it was on an ag Twitter, put it out last night. Well,
1: only
3: fans He's very good at reading stuff. He puts his finger on the screen and he follows the words along. It's. Yes, nice. snuck one in I the love court. watching him read. It's a bit like when he's licking windows. It's like, <laughs> here is we that, go. Does that count as two and one? Yeah, okay. I, <laughs>
1: if you had a camera and AC, oh, I came in now, you'd see Ben's smuggy little face. <laughs> Quite what this is all about, I don't know. But the dynamics, you know, we'll get a cabinet reshuffle shortly, won't we? And we'll get some yeah. intelligent people in
3: cabinet, do you think? Well, are there any intelligent people in, in government? B- 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 anyway, b- we'll b- see.
1: So, yeah, other than that, so we've done rape, we've done wheat, barley, we've done wheat. The, the only thing is the alternative crops, which is a Ben question, is oats, rye, you know, the rye crop that we've had has yielded exceptionally well. Ergot is everywhere, isn't it? God, oh, yeah, Steph.
3: yeah. And some of the ergots are huge. Yeah. I mean, proper, you know, let's bag it off and make some ergot tea. No, yeah. don't do that.
1: Yeah. No, don't do that. <laughs> yeah, An please Instruction don't. from doing great. Yeah. But it's yielded really well. The price of it, even with allowing the ergot
3: coming out, is still actually going to compare reasonably
1: well with some of the barley's on winter stuff, isn't it?
3: Yeah, and some of the ryes we've had, the qualities have as you say been okay mm, i agree up to now up to now and on the oats i mean yeah the oats market is very funny so i've actually just got off the phone to a broker on oats and yeah he was very amusing he said basically forget the domestic oat market you've got to look at europe and actually there are oat problems in finland and sweden who normally produce loads of oats they're not going to and the europeans are now looking further afield so okay i think that will be supportive
2: I think a friend of ours mentioned the other day, uh, look at the oat... I don't know, is it a CBOT contract? I'm not sure. But the American oat market has actually steamed away. But I wondered if that was to do with the Canadians. Because Canada, I would guess, would be quite a big oat-producing yeah. area, is it?
1: Yeah. OK. So where do we send Jimmy Gray with a load of oats then? Finland?
3: No, we'll send Jimmy probably to Belgium, Utrecht or somewhere. OK. Get rejected for what? Yeah, Exactly. that's the next thing.
1: <laughs> yeah, so... All in all, this harvest is proving very irritating now. It's late August. We're halfway through only. Lots of the spring barley's out in the field. Lots of the wheat's out in the field. North-east Norfolk is not enjoying the better weather, which normally we brag about, which is fine. That's fair. We can take it. It's just we've got some angsty people about, haven't we? Some farmers are getting a bit tetchy. Pressure is definitely. And, um, yeah, it's not pretty. So we're kind of not the happiest of trading rooms at the moment. I mean, it's great having volatility and having and all of the high fives and all the rest of it, or high sixes in Norfolk. But it is a little bit stressy, isn't it? it is, yeah. Do you know what we did
2: I know this is a bit of a change of subject, but we did have talking about miserable stuff. We'd had a really nice email on Monday morning mm-hmm. from yeah. a listener. He's a Norfolk-based listener in Clenched Water, called Nigel. I won't mention his surname. Fairly, so,
1: fairly succinct though, yeah.
2: yeah. But it was lovely. He said it's what he listens to each week and
1: makes his whole life The
2: better.
3: highlight of that e-mail was the fact that he said I really enjoy listening to and Andrew, Ben, and Josh, etc., <laughs> and it looks like Webby. Everyone's forgotten who he is. <laughs>
1: yes. It did say that. You're absolutely right. You know, I get reports from guys who listen in different parts of the country just telling us this is where we're at with our harvest. You know, we had David Wagstaff, who listens from far afield, telling us where his harvest was. It's actually become quite a good information flow. I think the final thing I'll talk about, just in this neck of the woods, the other day when it came to going home at whatever time it was, normally the road is clear, you know, sort of midnight when I leave off, but there was unbelievably large numbers of cars heading up the A140 towards Cromer. And at the moment, if you haven't read the news, we've had the Banksy effect. Um, we've got some you know various little paintings appeared on the coast from sort of Goulson-Lowestoft right the way up to Cromer and uh, of course everybody wants to come and gawp at them whether that's a good or bad thing I don't know
2: it did uh, make me chuckle a bit. This is sort of like classic Norfolk, but there was one out of Was it the one at Goulston? Yeah. But
1: anyway, within
2: a day, someone had graffitied it and rolled it over. And you think, the amount of people <laughs> that it's bringing
1: to that community and some idiot goes and, like... Whitewashed over the top. Yeah. Apparently it wasn't the most hefty paint job over the top. But, yeah, what a yeah,
3: okay. it's like, yeah.
1: Well, that's what you get in that. Actually, I've just had a
3: thought. How do you triple the price of grain in a silo? Get Banksy to paint something on the side of it. Yeah, could do. Yeah. If Banksy, just... if you're listening, if you want to come and do something on one of our silos, that would be brilliant. Like, I don't know, like, i tell say it would be quite good if you had a baker pulling a loaf of bread out of the silo. How about
1: that? Yeah, all right, but the only problem with that is, Ben, that we get some random bloke, we don't know who Banksy is, so we get some random bloke with a <laughs> scaffold on the side of our bin painting on it. Do we leave him alone and the, in the vein hope it might be Banksy? <laughs> or then realise that the lad who wrote that he loved Sadie on the back of F2 <laughs> about five years ago has come back and decided he now loves Karen in instead <laughs> and at which point do you, do you, only banks he needs to respond <laughs> and obviously as a regular listener he's likely to anyway gents i think with that i think we'll get back to listening to some sort of worried farmers shall we sounds fun cheers <laughs> cheers
3: bye
0: thanks for listening make sure you subscribe to get new episodes as they are released and follow us on twitter we are at doing grain Call Dewing Grain on 01263 731550 or email info at dewinggrain.co.uk. The Dewing Grain podcast is produced by East Coast Design Studio in Norwich.